Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. A uh, bit crazy around here, but overall, not. it's uh, going. <laughs> it is going, indeed. And, uh, yeah, it's been a busy week. But, you know, we're back to discuss all the fallen heroes that have arrived in the game um, before we get uh, what appears to what I'm assuming is going to be the the uh, bridal banner happening in just a few days. Honestly, I can't believe that it's already mid-May and we're heading into. If I'm honest, there's a good chance we'll probably be getting the trailer for it tonight or tomorrow night. Of course. Yeah. As is tradition. Um, we record and then something drops, but, uh, we're used to that. We're used to that. Um, but we have banners to discuss. We have summoning to discuss. So let's get into it. Um, running right now is the weekly revival seven and 22 banner, uh, new power going into the 18th legendary and mythic hero remix going into the 27th. And finally, the new heroes we're going to be talking about beyond control going into the 7th of June. Eddie, how did your summoning go? Well, I rolled on the Beyond Control banner and was, quote-unquote, rushing towards the spark because uh, they had no plans to, to go after. So essentially I was summoning entire rings instead of focusing colors. Uh, along the way to the spark, I got Ascended Ishtar, Siegbert, and a Net Pity Breaks. Uh, pretty sure one was a boost. Um, and after thinking about it, I decided to get Gustav off the spark. Afterwards, I decided to go for Rhea because she's the other one I actually knew about and cared about, uh, but didn't stop at the chance for a random Ninian or Lilith along the way. Ended up getting a Brave Erica, a Katarina Boost, Nyx, Muspel, Ival, before getting a Fallen Lilith, and shortly after that I got Rhea finishing what I was going to do on this banner. Yeah, um, for me, I uh, was doing some summoning on the banner. I ended up getting Lilith. And uh, as I continued towards the spark, I, I ended up sparking for uh, Rhea. So not as not a lot of five stars for me on this one. Um, really, just got the, the the focus of Lilith and then and then Rhea on the spark. I don't know if I'm going to go back and finish out the uh, the appearance rate there. I don't. These ones are going into the normal pool, so not finishing that is probably is fine. I mean, I probably could have focused on Raya after getting the spark and been just fine, but decided to give a chance of an Indian or a Lilith, and it worked out getting me a Lilith. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. These will be in the uh, normal pool, so I'm not I'm not terribly worried about it. I I just kind of wanted a couple off the banner, and and I still have a good chunk of orbs left over for uh for what comes next. So we'll see what comes next. As Eddie teased, we should know and just either tonight or in a few days. But uh, speaking of what's coming up, what do we have on the calendar? Uh, well, we start the calendar with a Bound Hero Battle Revival of Annette and Mercedes, and a log- the login bonus and banner for the next Tempest Trial on the 18th, which is why I think we'll probably get the uh, banner trailer tomorrow night at the latest, around 10, 11 p.m., because uh, by the time the next you know, reset, we'll have that uh, banner for the Tempest Trial, so we'll know who's on the on the overall banner. Uh, on the 19th, we get a new skills banner for Life and Death, as well as a new round of Summoner Duels S. 
Uh, we get the Tempest Trial on the 20th, along with that bridal banner. Uh, well, it's the next special Heroes banner. Uh, in the login for it, uh, day before we get the uh, set of Armored Clash quests, uh, we end the week out with a new round of Hollow Forms and the Bridal Grace uh, Special Hero Battle Banner Revival on the 23rd. Which is why, you know, as is normal with this time of year, we're fully expecting a Bridal Banner, even though we don't have a guaranteed confirmation as of yet. Not not to mention, next month is the first of the two uh, summer banners. Swimsuit banners. Right. Good point. Yeah. Summer is just around the corner. So we have that. Yes, that's true. It was warm for a good week here. And uh, today it was uh, a little cooler, but uh, it's all good. Weather talk. It it doesn't work on the show because we have such varying uh, weather patterns across our co-hosts. So we're not we don't necessarily need to get into that battle of what is winter. But um, we do have some new heroes to discuss. We have Beyond Control, which is this Fallen Heroes banner. The latest Fallen Banner is here, featuring heroes from a whole host of games in the series, including Fates, The Blazing Blade, Radiant Dawn, Three Houses, and Fire Fire Emblem Heroes. Let's kick things off with our Fates Hero of the Bunch. Uh, Yep, that is Lilith, the Silent Broodling. As we discussed last week, uh, and the Forging Bonds confirmed, this version of Lilith is from before Fates, when she was being a loyal little daughter to Anankos and trying to kill the three heroes that were summoned to help stop him, uh, which would be Inigo, Owain, and uh, Selena, or as they are in that game, Odin, uh, Laszlo, and Severa. Uh, and before Corrin found her and mistook her for an injured bird, she joins heroes in this fallen banner as a red dragon flyer unit. She wields silent power, which grants speed plus three, and she can move to a space within two spaces of her support partner. At the start of the turn, if she is within three spaces of her support partner, it grants both of them no follow-up for one turn. And at the start of combat, if she has 25% or more health, she gets plus five to the four combat stats, as well as the usual Dragonstone effects. She has a new Tier 4 Smoke skill in Speed, speed Smoke 4, which on top of debuffing foes within two spaces of her target by speed minus seven after combat, it gives her... Uh, speed plus six and dodge for one turn. She also comes with Draconic Aura, Tier 4 Attack Speed cash, Catch, and Dive Bomb. Nice. Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. We were kind of talking about where her fallen version comes from. And uh, I remember Lilith very well from, from Fates, but I just I, I cannot remember where, where this fallen did we did we discuss it as being a xenolog? Yes, it was a downloadable uh prop maybe free, maybe paid for uh xenolog that discussed events that happened happened before the game um where we find out that Lilith is like a half sister to Corin and uh Anankos, the evil demon dragon or whatever um uh to I guess is who you're who's possessed uh Garen during the game is uh has a human form which is the one who is the is Corrin's father um with Makoto and uh the human form turned against Anankos and summoned Owain uh Inigo and Selena uh as you know Odin 
Laszlo and Severa to the World of Fates, and uh, Lilith was sent to stop them and kill the human version of Anankos, but uh, from what I recall when I was reading it up, you know, she went face-to-face with the human avatar of Anankos. She could not kill him, and he treated her like, more like a daughter than the actual version of Anankos was, and that either is what freed her from his, you know, being a obedient little demon dragon, that and or Corrin finding her and saving her when she was injured. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know what, if I, I really don't want to go back to fates. We, we've, we've, we've played a lot of fates and, uh, but it is cool to see Lilith. I loved Lilith as a character. She was really cool. So it's good to see her, uh, in the game. Uh, I want to say again, but is this the first version of Lilith that we've gotten? I'm, I'm not, we have a normal Lilith. Do we? Okay. Sorry, Lilith. (laughs) Uh, well, there you go. Right. If you played through her um, uh, forging bonds, you have she encounters her. Oh, of course, version. yes, of course. I did play some of her forging bonds, and uh, there is a normal version that shows up. Let's talk about Ninian Frozen Heart. At one point, Ninian and her brother Nils were on the run from Nurgle, the shadowy leader of the Black Fang. Once Nurgle managed to capture Ninian, he hypnotized her so she would open the Dragon's Gate for him. The powers of the ice dragon within her went berserk, and Ninian went on a rampage. Ninian is a blue dragon infantry unit wielding enveloping breath. Grants resistance plus three. If sing or dance is uh, is used, inflicts attack slash resistance minus seven and guard on foes in cardinal directions of unit and target through their next actions. At the start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, grants speed slash resistance plus 6 to 6 during combat. If foe's range is equal to 2, calculates damage using the lower of foe's defense or resistance. So that's the standard Dragonstone effect there. Yes, yeah, that's a good point. Um, she has a new skill in the assist slot called Call to Flame, which grants another action target ally and grants attack plus six and special cooldown charge plus one per attack during combat to that ally for one turn. Only the highest value is applied does not stack. Also, if the target ally is a dragon, target can move one extra space. That turn only does not stack, cannot target an ally with sing or dance. This skill treated as sing or dance. Rounding out her kit is B dual infantry four in the A slot, odd pulse tie three in the B slot, and cross spur attack in the c slot so quite a lot there uh ninian being uh one of my you know uh one of my favorite characters from blazing blade uh showing up as like kind of our first interaction with dragons i guess and and in fire emblem uh, from the north america side at least but uh yeah i remember her i remember her uh, fondly from that game she was really cool I mean, most of my memories of her are from the prologue because I didn't really get around to playing her. Uh, or it's been so long since I've played the rest of the story that I don't remember her much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, from Lynn's story, I do remember her. Yes, that's true. I guess it, I guess we did start uh, a game club for uh, for Blazing Blade. Um, yep. Yeah. I'm sure we'll go on to Elliot's story at some point. Just like 
fates. If it, if it never gets voted, I won't complain. You know, but if someone eventually wants us to do a revelation, I, I'll learn to do. I'll learn to accept it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. I don't own it, so. Uh, okay. No, well, never say never. Never say never. That's what I'll say. Um, what about Gustav? Good old Gustav. Ah, uh, yes. Gustav, Sovereign Slain. The unit comes straight from Heroes and is the version of Gustav Hell Rose to fight us back in Book 3. Uh, he is still in his right mind and no longer controlled by Hell and is a steadfast ally, even though he is no longer alive and joins as a Green Axe Cavalry unit. He wields the Headsman Glitnir, which produces special... Trigger at the uh, and at the start of combat, if he has twenty five percent or more health, and it inflicts attack speed and defense minus five to his foe during combat, and boosts his special while delaying his foe's special by one per attack as well. Uh, during combat is uh, is on that as well. He has a new tier four smoke skill called Attack Smoke Four, which on top of attack minus seven to foes within two spaces of his target, it also grants him. Uh, the effect that the foe cannot make a follow-up attack, and defense res plus six for one turn. He also comes with bonfire, tier four attack, defense catch, and AD near trace. Yeah, and uh, he's kind of the odd one out on the banner, not being a dragon unit. Uh, also, we were talking about it last episode, kind of void of color, more of a muted color mm-hmm. palette. Um, I mean, and if you look at Rhea and her, at least in her dragon form, she's uh, doesn't have the purple flames on her either. He doesn't have the normal purple flames. Yeah, but. I'm glad we got Gustav. I know a lot of people were hoping we'd get Gustav, uh, like his normal. I guess this still is. Well, he is. This is his new heroes, but he's not. It's not his like. Yeah, we haven't gotten a pre-death um, Gustav. Uh, other than the Valentine's one we got. True. Uh, but and I think I think we still don't have Henriette uh non Valentine's. No, we don't. Just Valentine's for her. She'll so. she'll likely have to win a a a, a, a brave hero version if we want a normal version. I, I don't know if they'll I, mean, I, I don't te- know if they'll cave. And even that's hard to say that's technically normal, but True. Yeah. True. I mean we still haven't gotten a normal Veronica yet. Just the brave one and some seasonal ones. Well, there you so. go. Um, speaking so. of Rhea, next up is Rhea Immaculate One. Rhea is the Archbishop of the Church of Saros. Despite her gentle outward nature, Rhea shows no mercy to those who oppose the Church of Saros. If she has to, she'll even unleash her secret draconic powers to crush her foes. It is said when she reveals her true power, she goes berserk and can't control herself. Rhea is a colorless dragon armor unit wielding Runus Frost. Accelerates special trigger cooldown count minus one. If foe initiates combat or if foe's HP is greater than or equal to 75% at start of combat, grants attack plus six to unit. Inflicts attack minus six on foe and unit's first attack deals damage equal to 40% of foe's resistance during combat. And also both unit and foe cannot make a follow-up attack. If foe's range is equal to 2, calculates damage using the lower of foe's defense resistance. She has a new skill in the B slot called True Dragon Wall. If unit's resistance is greater than foe's resistance, reduces damage from attacks during combat and from area of effect specials. This is excluding rocker area of effect specials. By a percentage equal to the difference between stats times 6 to a max of 60% for this unit's first combat in player phase, 
and enemy phase and difference between stats times 4 max 40% for this unit's second combat or later. If dragon or beast allies on your team, excluding unit, restored 7 HP to unit at start of turn and after combat. Rounding out our kit is Glimmer as a special, Bracing Stance 3 in the A slot, and D slash R near save 3 in the C slot. So, quite a quite a big kit. Although, uh, from what I recall of Three Houses, she doesn't go berserk when she transforms, but it's uh, because she feels betrayed by Edelgard and Crimson Flower that she kind of loses control of her power and goes berserk. Or True. at least gets obsessively evil. In this version... In the summoned version, it seems like she has lost control. But from what I recall in um, Three Houses itself, she never actually lost control. She just got a little more angry and berserk with it in the Crimson Flower. The other, she seems fully in control, just, you know, captured and locked up for the entire time uh, Byleth is asleep. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, at the end of Part 1... When she turns into the Immaculate One in most of, uh, uh, it, well, certain routes, I'm, I'm, I think there might be one route where she doesn't. I, I, it doesn't matter, but when she does turn, she she is fully cognizant of what's going on, um, and she's not lost control. I think you're right. Like where she loses control is where she gets very, very upset and then loses control. Yeah, and the Crimson Flower route, which is the one that would have a different. Um, cutscene for that split point um you know uh where at the end it still seems like she's in control but she's much more kill them all type mindset although this the forging buds did reveal some details that i feel like three houses left out and that uh in the forging bonds it indicates that sothis strictly forbade them from trying to resurrect her and Ray has been going against that with all her attempts over the years. Hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah, I haven't played through the entire Forging Bonds. I think hers was the one that was lagging behind. Honestly, uh, I, I think I just got to the second part. So that's it. I'll have to go back and finish that out before it uh, goes away. I can't remember which part it was on, but you know, uh, I believe it's uh, what's his name, Cranky Dude. Oh, uh, Seth. Yes, Sedith, who talks about uh, Sotha said forbade, you know, forbidden trying to resurrect her, you know, but she still held on to it when they realized what drove her to lose control, you know, or either continuing or having lost that final bit of hope that she could summon her or resummon her mother, resurrect her mother, Sothis. Mm. So, but, uh, you know, we can look into that and get back uh, next week if we think of it. Uh, but before that, we have Moirum, Raw Instinct. Uh, Moirum joins heroes from his brief stint being turned rabid and breaking free and getting cured all during a cutscene, as was discussed in Discord. I'm not sure rabid's quite exactly right. He has something happen to him that causes him to lose control, but it all gets resolved within a uh, cutscene, as I recall being told to me in Discord. Huh? You know, because I glanced up looking him up and I couldn't quite find a details on this so uh but as a uh but he joins uh heroes as a blue infantry beast unit in the grand hero battle unit of this banner or this grouping he wields the wild tiger frame fang which grants him attack plus three and at start a turn inflicts negative six to all four of the combat stats 
uh, for foes within four spaces of him through their next action. At the start of combat, if his foe has 75% or more health, he gets attack speed plus six, and he neutralizes or and it neutralizes bonuses on foe during combat. He has a special transformation rule where he automatically transfers on turn two, turn four, and all turns after, uh, and reverts otherwise. What, uh, and when he transforms, he gets attack plus two and uh, plus seven to damage when his special triggers. And he neutralizes effects that slow his cooldown or boost his foe's cooldown during combat. But it does deal five damage to him after combat. He has no new skills as a GHB unit, but does have Dragon Fang, Wrath, and even Attack Wave. So, uh, I guess because of the logic behind this one where he was, you know, uh, injected with something to make him lose control, uh, he cannot control his transformations on this GHB unit, which is a nice little touch they put in there. Hmm. That's neat. Kind of fits with the fallen nature of it, right? Yep. That, yep, that's kind of what I was saying. It's because, if I recall correctly, he's injected with something or experimented on someone to made to lose control, and so this fits with that kind of storyline or setup. So. Very cool. Yeah, I like that touch. That's that's. It's nice to give the. Uh, it's not very often the Grand Hero Battle Unit gets something unique and different. This feels like we. This is, feels like a first of this kind. I mean, there's been a couple other beast units that have had. Unique transformation, uh, maybe not rules, but uh, you know, different transformation uh, statuses than the standard of that uh, type of beast. Uh, as an infantry beast, it usually has a standardized thing like dragons, but you know, there have been a couple others who have had unique ones. So he gets another unique one, and but he also gets unique transformation rules. Yeah, no, very cool. So uh, that is the latest Fallen Heroes banner right there. Uh, You can summon on that for uh, the next couple of weeks. So look forward to that. Um, And that is going to end our Fey portion of the show as we move into the Outrealm Gate. We have more Game Club with Awakening to discuss. But before we get to that, um, there's a new Fire Emblem game coming out at the end of June. So Nintendo has started to ramp up marketing and uh with that in the last week we got um a new trailer nintendo has dropped some new details for fire emblem three hopes with some profiles on twitter which are not quite as exciting but we did get a new youtube trailer focused on the lions of fargus um kind of showing off all the characters of dimitri's company so really looking forward to seeing the rest of the group Yep, including Dimitri, all eight of the Blue Lions from Three Houses show up uh, in this trailer. We get to see their new designs. Um, you know, we still don't know how exactly this all will work in-game. Because uh, if I recall correctly, the first trailer we saw showed uh, Edelgard, Claude, and Dimitri in their pre-time skip out designs. So it's possible there'll be a time skip. We don't know. And they're not giving us much details, but... This, essentially, I would say, although it's not 100% guaranteed, it looks like this confirms all uh, 24 of the OG students, including the three house leaders, will be appearing. Uh, We still don't know about Ashen Wolves and Church Units, and we have a version of Monica, whether it is actually Monica or uh, Kranya. I have reason to suspect it's probably Monica, but uh, who have been shown 
in trailers in the past. I never even thought about the Ashen Wolves. I wonder if they will incorporate them in some fashion. There's definitely some fans of them, so it'd nice be nice to see them included and not be just DLC. But yeah, um, I'll say this: there, there is. I'm so used to. So here's the thing: I'm looking forward to the game. I've kind of pulled away from the marketing a little bit. I'll I'll watch the big stuff, but I know that, uh, and we'll link to these in the show notes. Serene's Forest does an amazing breakdown of everything revealed in both this trailer as well as on Twitter. There was a bunch of profiles posted. Um, one of the things that jumped out at me is I'm so used to seeing the new protagonist, uh, Shez, uh, especially the female version with her hair sort of flowing. And then you see the Twitter profile and her hair's like, you know, well, she's not moving. She's just standing still. So her hair just kind of like. I didn't realize it was so long, to be honest. I guess I wasn't thinking. I hadn't seen her like that before, so it's uh, she looks really cool. I mean, yeah, I guess we didn't get a good look at how long her hair was in the uh, pick-your-gender scene in that one trailer, but sometimes when moving, it's hard to tell how long it truly is. You know, to be honest, it's probably me just not really paying enough attention because, again, like I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. I don't want to get like oversaturated because I know Nintendo really likes to lay it on when they get closer to um, to release. So uh, that being said, I'm looking forward to seeing what I'm assuming we'll get trailers for the golden deer and, um, and the black Eagles and maybe more uh, as we head closer to the June, late June release date. So I would imagine we'll get a new trailer every two weeks leading up to the release. Uh, so yeah, it's um it is exciting to see, as you said, like, that this kind of confirms we're at least going to get the 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 house students. Um, I think that's to me the most exciting part. Now, when you look at this trailer, though, you get a sense that all the classes, or at least, are, are not. It's not really class based. It's more character based. In that, in the in the lines of Fargus, it looks as though all the characters are treated as unique. Now. That being said, will you see clones across houses? Like, will Hubert play the same as a mage in a in a, in another house? Like, I'm sure they will find ways to like cut corners, but it really seems like they are trying to make these give each character a unique feel. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be hard. It's hard to say until we actually see it. They do look more unique than what we saw in the original Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, but you know, I'm guessing that. Certain classes will look somewhat similar, but each will have their own unique flares to everything. But we won't really know until the game actually comes out. I am looking forward to that when it comes out. Um, well, before we close out the show, we we still got more to talk about here. I don't know why I led with that, but we've got Fire Emblem Awakening Game Club to talk about. Uh, we've got uh, the first chapter we're going to discuss, which is... Naga's Voice, Chapter 16. As we race to find the voice high atop Mila's tree, we have some pesky enemies to take care of. The map has winding paths as our heroes make their way up the tree to face off against Cervantes. He's got a real uh, real good chunk of facial hair going, and that's part of the story as well. Uh, the voice turns out to be Tiki, who is now safe, but Emperor Walhart himself is now hunting Sari and company down. They must hurry to Fort Steger to weaken his army. Um, 
this map is basically the you know Miller's tree and um you start down there are like three paths uh, but but as you go up there's interwining paths as well a lot of reinforcements so you got to be careful a lot of flyers coming in from the east and the west um some stronger units with bows further to the south coming in so if you're like me and you like to kind of slowly advance you can you kind of can run into some issues with uh you know getting overwhelmed by some some quick flyers uh coming mm -hmm. in to to pick off some of your your units that you thought were safe when really they yeah they were not I mean, yeah this is definitely a map where uh you need to uh bring your rear guard up or have a rear guard and bring all your units up with you yeah so. Yeah, so I lost a couple of units uh, here, but I, I was able to finish off the map, uh, no problem playing on casual, but uh, it was a good map, it was a good, it was an interesting, we're starting to get into more like complex, you know, pathing maps where you do have opportunities to move from one path to the other, but it's not quite as like open-ended as sort of playing in a field with a couple of forest patches, this is very much has some barriers to it, so you gotta, you gotta think ahead. Yeah, you're going up roots or parts of the tree, and which means there are certain areas without a flyer you cannot access. The next chapter, Inexorable Death, uh, Chapter 17, uh, we find out that the Empire is split into three sections. In the north, where Walhart is, and south, where Yenfei is, would, uh, both the armies there would crush their army, so they had to Fort Steiger, the least offended of the three. Uh, in the center, where the commander of the middle resides. While fighting through the fort, allies seem to appear only a new character and quite a slimy run one. I almost felt the need to clean my 3DS screen after they appeared on it. Named Exilus appears and seems to have turned the resistance groups against them. They still manage to succeed and decide they must go after Yenfei but need to send a small troop to delay Walhart from catching up to them and uh, squishing them in a pincer attack. Basilio volunteers and Lucina tries to stop him because in her Timeline, he was killed by Walhart. Uh, Basilio is determined to go, and Flavia goes with him. Uh, in facing Walhart, they do manage to hurt him, but Basilio uh, appears to be cut down and gives the gemstone uh, ghouls or ghouls to Flavia to bring to Krom. Uh, so, yeah, in chapter seven, 16, we found out that uh, the Fire Emblem is supposed to have five gems on it, but it only has one remaining. Uh, so we need to recover the remaining four, although Tiki gives us one right away. Uh, as, as a result of the end of this chapter, uh, at the end of chapter 18, we get the next one. What were your thoughts on this one? A standard fort or, you know, castle setup? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Um, I don't remember the slimy character that you're referring to, like when... When that character shows up, I'm like, I just don't remember this bad guy. Well, I don't, I don't remember them from before. But as I say, how could you forget them? No, they are so disgusting and slimy when they show up. Oh, I remember, I remember them, them now. From my previous playthrough. Yeah, but. I don't remember them from my previous playthrough. They they didn't stick with me. But um, yeah, you, this is a pretty standard map. You know, you're 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 uh, going through this fort. I found it interesting where they they give you the heads up. They they hear reinforcements below. Um, those reinforcements then turned out to be you know uh, the the rebellions turned. Um, it 
it I didn't really have many issues with this map. I kind of just slowly made my way through and and kind of positioned some stragglers on the stairs. So I didn't even bother with that because, um, as I discussed with you and uh, whether we were ready for this week or not, I spent a chunk of time doing some uh, second seal grinding. So all my characters are decently overpowered for all this. Yeah, it is. It's it's a good map. It's a it's not a hard one. Um, I I have been bringing Anna along to pretty much every map because there's always a chest uh, around. Okay. So Anna's been my go-to for uh, opening chests. Um, okay, yeah, I had um, Drawfear go through Thief class, so he has it as. There's a couple others who get Thief as a secondary class, uh, who I have that come with. So I have like three or four lock touch units with me most of the time. Nice. That actually brings up a good point. I never used the um, the second seal uh, in my first playthrough, so I had no idea what it was. I, I know you and I had discussed it last week about what it does, but like I've been leveling up Donald just since I got him, and he's like level 21, and I'm like, wait, why am, can I not use a master seal on this guy? And I, I didn't realize you had to like use the second seal on him first, uh, so I did that. There are like three, no, four classes that do not have a master version. Um, I could be wrong about uh, Pan and Noe's classes, but uh, Villager and Dancer definitely do not have a master version. And they can go all the way up to level 30 instead of stopping at level 20. Oh, okay. um, but since they don't have a master class. So in order to you know, get them an advanced class, you have to... Uh, use a second seal. Uh, Donald is quite fun, interesting in that he um, essentially gets all all of the physical weapons if you use second seals on him. Uh, he gets one axe class, one sword class, and uh, villager is a uh, lance class. I don't know exactly what all, all of his uh, advanced classes have options as, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I uh, I use the the second seal on Donald around level twenty one, so now I'm walking around chapter seventeen with this tank of a unit that only has is able to use bronze axes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. it's it's been it's been an interesting challenge. I mean, he's putting up a fight. Don't get me wrong, but he's just not killing anything. He's taking hits, no problem. But he's um, it, it particularly proved difficult in later maps. I mean, unless you got really unlucky with his strength boosts, even with bronze axes, he should be doing some damage. Maybe not as much as he could if he had a stronger axe, but... Oh, he's doing damage, he's not killing anything. Which, which again, is fine, but, I mean, yeah, it's it's slowing yeah. things down again. Yep. But, uh, yeah, like, I mean, speaking of uh, the chapter where he <laughs> he did lag behind and, and not for good, uh, he was he was stepping in some lava... Uh, we've got Sibling Blaze, Chapter 18. After escaping Fort Seeger and being chased by both Yenfei and Walhart, the Elysians make their way to an active volcano to gain the upper hand. The map features three paths with various connecting areas, but the gimmick here is, of course, lava. Over the course of the map, lava will rise up and create hazards beginning at the top and bottom of the map. A little bit of lava pain later, the Elysians strike Yenfei down and learn of his sacrifice. When they hear Basilo has died as well, it is decided the time has come to finally face Walhart. Yep. So they're they're running. They know they have to face Yenfei. 
Uh, but, you know, they also have potentially the uh, turncoats behind them. And uh, um, they realize the best chance to prevent the turncoats from trying to, you know, invoke favor and limit how much uh, Yenfei can send them to go to the side of a mountain, a uh, volcano. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that I was like, I thought it was quite clever. Um, dangerous, but very clever. True, but I mean, any choice they made was going to be dangerous. This one probably gave them the best chance of succeeding. Yes. Yeah. And it, and they did succeed, although it was, uh, right. I mean, I don't know if I made things worse by um, not even, I didn't even plan it, but Sari was the one that dealt the, the finishing blow. I, ha- I haven't even been using Sari. Oh, yeah. Uh, it did result in some unique dialogue. Uh, I have no doubt. Yeah, I fully expected it would have if you had, but I chose not to because I was running a little behind because yeah. of all my second seal farming. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but it's uh, it was a good map. I again like the lava stuff. If you were able to keep ahead of it, it wasn't going to cause many issues. But as I said earlier, Donald was uh, struggling and holding back the east uh, path. So uh, yeah. It did not go well for that crew. I ended up having to have Lissa rescue someone in to help out, so we'd have more um, more uh, ranged attacks. So, but we made it through. The hazards don't kill; they only bring you down to one health. You just got to make sure no one comes in and uh, finishes you off. So uh, we spoke last week of doing Morgan's paralog, but like I mentioned, I was running a little behind with all my second ceiling and the way. Uh, stuff at work was um so i did not get around to that so we'll be uh postponing that one up till next week we'll be doing the morgan paralogue uh we'll be doing the muriel paralogue which is her child um forget which one that is off the top of my head as well as the divine dragon paralogue that unlocked after we um did uh this stuff which is where we unlocked tiki as a playable unit uh so and also we'll be doing another two chapters of the main story uh, depending on what um, uh, paralogs we unlock, we may be slowing down the main story for a bit to unlock a bunch of kids. Uh, I do know that after we finish, I believe it's chapter 25, uh, we should unlock a bunch of paralogs to get all the uh, Emeryn and all the villains. Uh, so that may delay a week or two for that if we decide to go after those. But we are. Coming into the end game here, because I believe it only has about 25 chapters plus a final chapter or two afterwards. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's going. We're going at a steady clip, but uh, yeah, we did. It is funny. Uh, I believe one of the donations that did come in for uh, us to play Fire Emblem Awakening did suggest, hey, we should you know take some time to explore more of the uh the future units the the, the child units um so we're, we will i'll have to uh start doing some extra maps to build some supports and and unlock more of those characters i have been doing my best to uh once i do unlock new characters that i haven't used in previous playthroughs i've been trying to incorporate them into my my normal team so I, I would love to do that, but I don't remember who I did or did not use in previous playthroughs, so I'm just <laughs> using who I feel like it. Yeah, yeah, I've 
I mean, to be honest, that's not an exact science. I've just been going with whoever I don't really remember using and I can tolerate. So like there are a couple characters that I'm like, yeah, I didn't use you before, but there's probably a good reason that I'm, uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself through that. No, there's no like that annoying characters, but there's just characters like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. And I've been, you know, since I have been doing a lot of extra side stuff with all the second ceiling, I have ground out most of the child paralogs. I think Cerche Cer- is the only one, uh, or Cerche is the only one who I don't have unlocked yet mm. for her child paralog. So as Ryan gets some of those unlocked, I'll have plenty of space to, plenty of them already unlocked to go do. Yep. I've actually already done the Inigo's paralog, as I mentioned last week, because, um, uh, his paralog has had second seals available to purchase in the normal shop, and I wanted that before we, you know, uh, you know, not this week, but the week before. Yeah, so we will uh, we will be back next week with Game Club for playing up to chapter twenty one and three paralogs, including Morgan's Muriel's Child and Divine Dragon, uh, which is Tiki's uh, paralog where she joins the crew. So look forward to that and. Yeah, that is going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fey. Email the show, fey at gamersinpodcast.com. You can check out the Fire Emblem channel on the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Drawfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforce.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning.